With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The volume. College football fans, the championship is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook is making sure you can throw down on the epic showdown for a shot at big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 on the championship game. That's right, Michigan against Washington. Two great head coaches, two great quarterbacks. I could watch 50 games featuring Michael Penix Jr. That guy can throw a deep ball as well as any quarterback in college football. So many great things to bet on in this championship game. So download the app now and use code Mannix. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code Mannix. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. Welcome into everybody listening to this bonus episode on the podcast feed. Welcome to all of you that are watching on YouTube. I'm streaming this episode early on YouTube. So if you haven't, check out my YouTube page, SI Chris Mannix. Just experimenting a little bit, putting this episode early up on YouTube. Of course, you can always get these episodes on the podcast feed. Subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. So every so often you get a news break in boxing that makes it worth doing a emergency episode. 
And on Friday, we had just that news break. Anthony Joshua, the former unified heavyweight champion, who we just saw in action a week or so ago in Saudi Arabia. He is coming back in March, this time to face Francis Ngannou, the former UFC champion, who we saw in a much more competitive than expected fight against Tyson Fury back in October. That fight is going to take place on March 8th, a Friday. It's going to take place in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, part of Riyadh season, uh, and it's going to be a big event in Saudi. Now, I'm going to get into what I know about the undercard, give you some thoughts on some of the fights and fighters that might be on that undercard. But first, on the matchup itself, I've got a few thoughts. One, this is a big win for Anthony Joshua. You know, a week ago, it looked like AJ had, I don't want to say fumbled the bag, but lost the bag. Because the bag was Deontay Wilder. And that fight was right there. No matter what Deontay Wilder says, it was signed, sealed, delivered. AJ was going to fight Deontay Wilder in March. That was good to go. They were both going to make massive paydays. When Wilder lost that fight to Joseph Parker, we don't know where AJ was going to go. Maybe he was going to go and fight Philip Hergovich. Good fight, less money, can argue equally or more risk. Uh, you know, there were a lot of options out there for them. None of them may be as appealing or as lucrative as Deontay Wilder. Now, you have the opportunity to face France Ngannou. And I don't want to be disrespectful to France Ngannou because what Ngannou did against Tyson Fury was one of the most remarkable things I've seen in recent memory in combat sports. Most of the crossover fights that we've seen over the last five or 10 years, whether they've been high-profile events like uh, Conor McGregor against Floyd Mayweather or more gimmicky ones like Jake Paul against Nate Diaz, have invariably ended badly for the MMA fighter. You know, Conor McGregor, yeah, whatever. He was fine early on, but eventually got knocked out. Nate Diaz didn't win a round against Jake Paul. Uh, a lot of MMA guys have tried. All of them have failed, or most of them anyway have failed in, in their quest to become uh, high-level boxers. Francis Ngannou didn't fail. He lost that fight. It was a close fight. Some might call it a controversial fight. Certainly a disputed decision. Um, but even in defeat, the fact that he was competitive, the fact that he knocked down the heavyweight champion of the world was remarkable. I just think he's all wrong for Anthony Joshua. I think that Nganu going up against Tyson Fury, who's not a heavy hitter, who Nganu can kind of walk in on a little bit, who he can be a little less careful against, that's a good style for him to go up against. Anthony Joshua, you've got to be a lot more careful against. Joshua is not prime Deontay Wilder in the sense that his one punch isn't what Wilder's one punch is. But AJ's one punch is still really good. AJ's knockout percentage is still really high. Let's not forget what AJ just did to Otto Wallen. Without knocking Otto Wallen down, AJ busted him up, broke his nose, made his corner quit. 
after the fifth round. Anthony Joshua, not going to say it. Okay, we'll say it. He is a composed and ferocious finisher, and he is a hitter. So a guy like Nganu, who again, acquitted himself incredibly well, but one who doesn't have a lot of a boxing experience. I just think that this version of AJ, with Ben Davison in his corner, with Lee Wiley working with them, they're going to have a great game plan. And this version of AJ is going to set a trap that Ngannou is going to walk into, and he's going to walk into a big right hand, and he's not going to have been hit by the kind of power that a boxer like Anthony Joshua possesses. So this is a big win for AJ in my mind. He is able to get an incredibly lucrative fight. It is a less risky fight than what Wilder looked like before the fight with Joseph Parker, and he's able to keep his career moving. No breaks. Fights in December, fights again in March. If he wins, he can probably fight again as early as this summer. Big win for Anthony Joshua. At the same time, huge win for Francis Ngannou. <laughs> I mean, Francis Ngannou, you know, a lot of people, myself included, believed that Francis Ngannou in boxing was going to be a one-off. Just has been a one-off for a lot of these guys. One-off, at least so far, for Conor McGregor. One-off for Nate Diaz. I thought Francis Ngannou would be one and done. But because he performed so well, he gave himself the opportunity to be in this type of fight because you can sell it, right? Like the sell is, to a degree, can Ngannou knock out AJ? He knocked down Fury. Can he knock out AJ? But it's also, can AJ do what Tyson Fury couldn't? Tyson Fury beat Ngannou. Can AJ knock him out? So Ngannou's performance put himself in this position, and he is going to make a pile of money to fight Anthony Joshua. So in two boxing matches... Nganu is going to make way more money than he would have made fighting in UFC. So all that talk about Francis fumbling the bag and losing out on the kind of paydays he would have made in UFC, uh, -uh. he hasn't even made an appearance yet in PFL. He may never make an appearance in PFL. He may never fight mixed martial arts again. I mean, he's made so much money and will make so much money in boxing in two fights that we may never see Francis Ngannou back in the MMA world. But big win for Ngannou too, just getting this opportunity and getting this type of payday over in Saudi Arabia. So both these guys are big winners. They're headlining what will be a big event. Now, for the undercard, I have been told that Li Zhang is going to be on the undercard, most likely in the co-made event. Now, Zhang had a fantastic 2023. He was Sports Illustrated's 2023 Breakout Boxer of the Year because with two wins over Joe Joyce, he revived his career. At 40 years old, he is a top five heavyweight once again. So he put himself into this position, and now here he is set to appear on this card in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Now, who is he going to face? Well, Zhang wants all the smoke. He wants to fight anybody and everybody. But the guy Zhang and his team really want to fight is Deontay Wilder. And I've been told that the people in Saudi Arabia, the deal makers over there, they want that fight too. My initial reaction to hearing about a Zhang Wilder fight, what is that line from Rocky II, what they say to Apollo Creed, his trainer? He's all wrong for us, baby. That's how I, what I feel Malik Scott 
should say to Deontay Wilder if this is brought up to him in a serious way. Because Jaylee Zhang is all wrong for Deontay Wilder. Jaylee Zhang is a big, sturdy, granite-chinned, hard-hitting southpaw with a ton of confidence. The hiccups that Jaylee Zhang has had in his career have come when he's had some weird medical experiences in Florida before the Jerry Forrest fight, and then he had that razor-close loss to Philip Hergovich, back when Philip Hergovich was the boogeyman of the heavyweight division. So since then, he has been fantastic. He, those knockouts of Joe Joyce were really impressive. So if I'm Deontay Wilder, I think twice about getting in the ring with Jay Lee Jean. As a fan, I'd love to see it. That's a fun fight, especially if Wilder is a different fighter, sits down his punches more, gets into a firefight, tests the chin, of Zhang, but Zhang is relentless and he can crack. That left hand of Zhang is the punch that closed and busted up the eye of Joe Joyce. The right hand of Zhang is what dropped and knocked out Joyce in the rematch. So that's questionable. Um, it's also possible that Zhang fights somebody else uh, on that card and that Wilder fights somebody else on that card. An interesting potential matchup, and I haven't heard this specifically, but it makes some sense. Wilder, Philip Hergovich. Now, I'll explain why. In the next couple of days, maybe as you're listening to this podcast, the IBF rankings are going to come out. And when the IBF rankings come out, Philip Hergovich and Anthony Joshua are going to be 1-2 in those heavyweight rankings. That is going to entitle them to fight for a vacant title if and when the winner of Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk, vacates that belt after their fight in February. That's the most likely outcome if Fury and Usyk decide to fight uh, for a second time, which is what the plan is, at least for the moment. So here's why Hergovich Wilder makes sense. Uh, Joshua's going to fight Ngannou, so that's squared away. If you're Hergovich and you get a big offer to fight Deontay Wilder, you got to want to jump on it, right? Like, you're getting Wilder seemingly at the exact right time, the very end of his career where he still has a name, but he doesn't have the same level of skill that he once had. And you're putting yourself on the same card once again as Anthony Joshua. So you've got Joshua fighting Ngannou in a non-title fight, and you could do Hergovich Wilder in another non-title fight. And if Wilder and Hergovich win, well, you could do a fight between the two of them in the summer for the vacant IBF belt. Now, you'd have to talk to the IBF, but given the fact that Hergovich has had to wait for so long for his IBF title shot, I would think the IBF would be amenable to allowing these two guys to fight non-title fights outside of that uh, situation and then agree to fight each other later on in the year. On the flip side, if Wilder, for some reason, beats Hergovich, all of a sudden, Wilder Joshua is back in play because Wilder just beat the number one contender for the IBF's heavyweight title, the undefeated Philip Hergovich. Now, you get to the summertime, and look, maybe a heavyweight title isn't on the line, but look, a heavyweight title was never going to be on the line for AJ against Wilder. So, it's a risk for Hergovich, of course, but he's going to make a pile of money to do it, and ultimately, that's kind of what it's all about. So look for that to at least be discussed. That's just me guessing at this point, but look for that 
to at least be discussed. I think there's going to be some other names that are bandied about over the next couple of days. Eddie Hearn tweeted out there's going to be a press conference on January 15th. I'm sure we'll see some of the fights revealed on that date. But, you know, once again, it's becoming clear that some of the biggest events in boxing, many of the biggest events in boxing, are going to take place in Saudi Arabia because the Saudis are clearly invested in boxing. They want to do big-time boxing. They want to make big events and... Here we are, fresh off the Day of Reckoning in February. You've got the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship. In March, you've got this event headlined by Joshua Ngannou. At some point, I think we're going to get Archer Betterbiev against Dmitry Bivol if Betterbiev beats Callum Smith. That's a huge fight for the Undisputed Light Heavyweight Championship. So, you know, the Saudi interest is real. These fights taking place there are real. And it sure seems like, at least for the immediate future, that's where these big events are going to take place. So we'll see what happens as these fights come together. I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about when we get back on this podcast next week. And of course, we'll talk more about Virgil Ortiz. By the way, before I go, Virgil Ortiz is fighting at 150. I don't want to do this right now. Fighting at 156. I, I don't even know what to make of that at the moment. I, all week, I thought he was fighting at 154. This was his junior middleweight de debut. It's his middleweight debut. Look, I get it. It's not a title fight. You can fight it as a catchweight. He's been off for a long time, but I kind of figured in your first fight at your new weight class, a weight class that you're playing to campaign at, you know, for the foreseeable future, I would imagine, uh, you might want to try to make that weight the first time. I don't know. That was strange to me to see the catchweight. Apparently, he was in the contract all along, but Virgil Ortiz against Frederick Lawson Saturday live on zone will be at 156 pounds. So we'll talk about that next week as well. Until then, enjoy the fights. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.